Hello and welcome to the Red Robin Podcast Weekly, which is powered by 360 Chartered Accountants on Budget Ties Auto Centre. Rovers are back to the winner's circle after defeating Wakefield 15 points to 10, but the injury list is unrelenting, with the Robins picking up yet more injuries ahead of our trip to Warrington on Friday night. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Carl Smith and Graham Turner, with Dan Crafts set to join us very soon. And we have Warrington fan Dan, who's joining us later on to preview our Super League Round 20 fixture against Wyatt. As ever, gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be speaking to you. How, how are we both? Uh, start with you, Graham. Yeah. Good, thanks, Chris. Uh, good evening, good. everybody. Uh, good to be uh, in a, a relatively cooler environment in the last few days, anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sunday, uh, well, never mind yesterday, Sunday was red hot, wasn't it? Uh, not so much on the pitch, but definitely off it. Carl, are you sorting out your internet? I know you was having problems. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's working now. But I had a bit of a bit of a shift trying to get it on. So bear with me if, you, if I break up slightly. Yeah, no worries. Well, let's go straight into that Wakefield game. Uh, Graham, it wasn't the prettiest, was it? Um, was it a game where whether the uh, the result was much more important than the uh, performance? Yeah, I think so. I think I, I spoke last week about, look, we need to get a fast start. We need to do the basics right. The fast start didn't happen, so we needed to get the basics right. I thought we were off a little bit in the first half, but absolutely, it was one of those where the win was the most important thing. It doesn't matter how you do it, by how many points you just needed to get that win. We needed to get that win. Um thought the, the team showed some resilience again in the face of adversity quite early on in that first half where we had a couple of injuries again that knocked us back, that, that ruined our interchange. Uh, opportunities and options. So again, I think credit must be due to the players who, who put a big shift in on that in that heat and showed us some character in that second half. Showed us some resilience in the last 10-15 minutes when we were put under a little bit of pressure, and ultimately came away with a, a good two points that will hopefully ease off any any fears that people may have had um, if we'd have uh, lost that game about relegation. And it can now push us forward into looking forward towards that uh, that top six, and challenging for those uh, for those all important playoff places now. Yeah, and uh, Carl, we're just we're going to talk about the starting lineup very shortly. But it was nice to see, wasn't it? Uh, not just the Rovers players and coaching staff getting a warm welcome, uh, the match officials as well being warmly greeted to to uh, Craven Park, especially when they ran in front of that East Stand. Um, I'm sure it was a welcome that Robert Hicks and Chris Kendall will never forget. Uh, without a doubt, it's uh, mighty East End strikes again, doesn't it? So, <laughs> yeah, I think that was always going to be the. I think that was always going to be the case. Some, some as we saw the uh, officials was for that for that game. Uh, not, I'm not. Sh- I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what we gained out from doing that. But you know, that's what the East End does. It it gives that hostile environment, doesn't it? So, yeah, I, I think that's that's always the case when you know some, something like happens previous. Yeah, and to be fair, it wasn't just East Stand, Carl. I think it's the first time I've seen the match officials booed by all four stands as they did the warm-up. Um, and to be fair, during the game, it didn't get much better for them, did it? Uh, but like you say, um, people venting the frustrations, but it, it's difficult to see what you expect to gain out of... Uh, if you start calling a referee from minute one, um, don't be surprised if you don't get anything from him after minute 10, minute 20 or minute 30. But... Uh, the result, of course, went in Rovers' favour. But if we go back to that starting lineup, obviously a few changes from the game against Hull, a few big talking points. Um, obviously, Graham, we had the return of Ryan Hall and George King, much needed into the lineup. Um, probably the biggest surprise, though, uh, wasn't that Fishwick uh, kept his place on the bench. It was the fact that Will Dagger came in for Rowan Milnes, and, and Rowan Milnes was uh, dropped from the from the squad altogether. Yeah, again, good to see Holly back and Kingy back. I thought they the, the added some solidity for us and, and we all know what Ryan Hall can do coming out of backfield. He just gives us that that really strong, safe option of, of getting some good yards uh, out of there. Um, again, Fishwick, I thought, did 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 well when he was on, on shift. Um, didn't uh, didn't let us down in any way. Again, it was the interesting one was, was that option in the halves. Uh, caught me by surprise, if I'm completely honest. Um, I did mention last week about... Wanting to see more from Milnes, um, wasn't expecting the the, the chop as it works. He's back in the squad this week, so it must have been a, a selection choice that Maguire made. Um, did it work putting Dagger in there? 
I'm not convinced it it, it, it did. I don't think it solved the problem for us. It, it probably made Wakefield think a little bit in terms of they're maybe not prepared for that. But I don't think uh, Dagger was on point with with some of his decision making and, and certainly some of the kicking left a, a, a little bit to be to be desired in, in terms of last play options. Uh, thought let them off the hook a little bit too easily. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what uh, what combination he goes with this week against Warrington. Yeah, um, and it's interesting. Will Dagger was put in front of the press um, for this week's um, press conference. So, you know, reading between the lines, you'd expect Will Dagger to feature uh, somewhere in the lineup. You can't imagine that Lachlan Coote would be the one who, who makes way for Dagger. Um, but Carly, I mean, a lot of people have been quite critical of Roy Milnes over the past few weeks. I think um, quite harsh in a lot of a lot of respects. I think he's still a young halfback who's learning his trade. Um and at the start of the season, when we had uh, Mikey Lewis, Rowan Milnes and Jordan Abdul as our three, I think a lot of Rover supporters, well, I know a lot of Rover supporters would have took that, you know, three young uh, English um, halves. Um, Rowan Milnes showed us last season what he can do. Um, I think over the course of this season, he's shown what he can do. But I think he, Mil, uh, Milnes has been part of a, a side that's been struggling. And I think in a way... Milnes has maybe been made a bit of a scapegoat, but it's difficult for Dagger as well, isn't it? You know, he hasn't played much for Rovers this season anyway. And then he's gone into a position that, yes, he has played previously in his career, but it's a, a position which is pretty alien to him. So, was you surprised as well to see Dagger come into the lineup? Yeah, I was, to be fair. I mean, nothing against Will Dagger, uh, but I actually. Yeah, I think he's played there a handful of times, but not a lot. So he's going to be out of sync, and he's going to be out of sync with the players that are around him. And like like he says, he's got a lot more work to do indeed. When you know, because he's got all the middles coming at him when he's playing in the halves. Whereas at fullback, you you sort of marshalling troops and filling spaces at you on your own line. So it's a total it's a total shock he played there. Uh, regarding the first half, I didn't think anybody stood out. I thought it was a relatively poor first half. For both teams, not just for Rovers and Will Dagger. So, yeah, I get your point. I, I don't think he's been made in the scapegoat, but the situation over the last few weeks, I think it's sort of mid-do. It's a mid-do situation, and I think he's filled the hole. Yeah, and it, like we say, he's going to be interested to see how he lines up. You'd expect him to probably play against Wire, but we're just saying, Dan, uh, great for you to join us this evening about Will Dagger coming in for Ryan Milnes. Uh, do you think this switch was more to uh, maybe give Milnes a kick up the backside more than it was to put put Dagger into the into the team? Yeah, I'd say so. I think I think that's what the decision was made out of. I think I don't know if you probably you probably covered it already, but in the derby, he missed a couple of tackles that he really should be mm. making. He should be making them tackles, and it was probably a bit of a wake up call. That, you know, you're not you're not guaranteed a place just because <clears> you're the only recognised standoff in the squad. We could slot somebody else in, but you know, you'd welcome him back. Yeah, uh, CWM, uh, it'd be great to get a first name. They says, I think Milnes has been found out at this level, he lacks pace and strength. Um, pace and strength, I suppose, in that position, Graham, it's not really, um, <clears throat> it's the worst, it's not the worst thing to be lacking, is it? I mean, he's a, he's a ball carrier, he's an organizer. I think the role that he plays for the team is, is probably a role that. Many Rovers supporters um, um, are not accustomed to because we've got someone like Mikey Lewis. So I think, do you think Roy Milnes is getting a bit of a tough deal at the time from Rovers fans? I, I think he is, but this is the, this is Super League now, and you, you, you've got nowhere to hide. So you, you're mm. constantly under the spotlight. Um, we all know what fans are like and how uh, how microscopic their their dissection of, of games and individuals can be. So I think you've got to accept that that's part of the territory of being a first-team player, a regular first-team player now. Um, pace and strength as, as a as a six. Um, pace, yeah, I think you do need a bit of that. Strength, probably not so much. Obviously, for defence, you, you do, but that's not your primary focus. I think I think you need to be clever between the ears, first and foremost, and to, to learn your craft. Um, you know, With Maguire um, in his ear every single day, You've got one of the best in the game that, that, that that's there to, to help coach, teach uh, and learn from. So I think as a, as a young 
English promising halfback. He's got all the right ingredients in terms of his his fought his way to, to earn the right to have the opportunity to play at Super League. It's up to him now to to learn from one of the best to to put that into practice in you know in in Super League, and then ultimately determine where where his level is at and if if he can be that that good number six that we're looking for. Um, can he be creative? Can he take on lines with with you know with pace and but I think first and foremost, it has to be between the ears that, that you're looking for somebody with ball playing creativity to, to either do something for themselves or be the creator for other people. Yeah. So let's go back to uh, concentrating on the players who did play. And just before we do that, actually, I think if you listen to Danny Maguire's press conference today, he spoke very highly of Rowan Milnes. So by no means is Rowan Milnes finished at Wilkinson Rovers. And, and uh, like Dan said, I think maybe this is just a bit of a kick up the backside to say, look, there is competition for places still. Your place isn't guaranteed in the side. And, uh, you know, like we've seen in the past, hopefully we get a good reaction from that because it'll only benefit the side going forward. Um, Fishwick named on the bench, Dan. Um, impressed in the short spell that he um, had in the derby. Um, good to see, obviously, Dan Maguire backing him uh, and putting him back into the side. And I think uh, it was an, another decent cameo performance from him, wasn't it? Yeah, he certainly doesn't look out of place, does he? I mean, I'm, I'm still not having that he's 17, personally. No. Well, I, I was going to say, Dan, you said he doesn't look out of place. Practice. I think if, if you lined him up with all the other players and you had to pick the 17-year-old, I think you'd struggle to... Uh, you'd call to him the veteran forward, wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he carries the ball well, he tackles well. You know, you're not, you don't sort of look at him as the, the loose link that you've got to protect at all costs. He's... You know, at 17, you think, where's he going to be in three, four years? He's, he's going to come on leaps and bounds in them in that time and hopefully we can keep hold of him. Yeah, definitely. And Carl, that first half, Rovers go in 4-0 down at the break. Um, it wasn't a great first half, was it? Although, to be fair to Rovers, we lost Dean Adley. Uh, we lost skipper Sean Cadell. Two huge players uh, who have a, a big influence on the side. Um so was we fortunate maybe to win four 0 at half time despite losing them two players? Uh, maybe so, maybe so. But it, it, you know, there was nothing in the game really, was it? Because there was no, there was no teams completing sets. There was no, no team really dominating. There was a lot of errors, obviously. So it was a very warm day. So that had, a, you know, had a factor in things, wouldn't it? So yeah, I thought as much as we are critical to call Rovers and to say how bad they've played when they have played bad. I thought there was poor second half, but fair play to them. The Rovers of old would have probably lost that game on Sunday. And they managed to dig in and grind the result in the end, didn't they? So credit where it's due. Yeah, yeah. And, and Graham, I was going to say the fact it was such a poor first half from both sides. And, you know, let's not forget there was a lot riding on this for Wakefield more than there was probably for Rovers. The fact it was only 4 0 at half time, despite losing two players, was that a cause for optimism? Yeah, I think I think if I'm honest, looking back at it, I think Wakefield controlled the game a little bit better than we did in the first half, and had the majority of the possession and the better opportunity. And I'm not quite sure we created enough pressure in that first half to to warrant anything else than going in behind. Are we fortunate that it was only four? Mm, probably yes. A, a better team would have put a few more points on us, I think, and would have been chasing the game again. Um, but the fact that it was Wakey they're in that position in the league for a particular reason, um, albeit they showed some good promise uh, of, of uh, individual players, I thought, showed up pretty well on the day. Uh, but like you know, any team at that level, it's about the whole 80 minutes. And, and like for us, it was, and we've mentioned it a couple of times, just about getting through that 80 minutes with, with, with the win in the bag. Yeah, and I don't know about you, Dan, I, I felt... We were trying too hard. There was a few times where Mikey Lewis fired out passes at 100 mile an hour. But, you know, we just seemed to be trying either too hard or when we needed to have a bit of composure, there was no one really taking taking hold of the game. And I think uh, a good example was that was when Ethan Ryan kicked on the fifth and last. I think there was no play on. He kicked it. Uh, luckily, he made something of it by then going and, and making a tackle. But those times in the game where you just felt you wanted someone to take hold of it and get a grip of it, and and I think that's where Wakefield probably did a little bit better uh, than us with uh, Miller and Lionel able to get a, a grip of the game a bit more than what we could. 
Yeah, I think that's where you're lacking that bit of experience that has been gone a while, but Jordan Abdul brings to the game. It's different conditions, isn't it? You look at, if it's a wet day, you've got to concentrate, hold on to the ball. You're not playing the fancy game. It was probably the same as that. Everybody's hot, everybody's sweaty. It's horrible, horrible conditions. You just needed somebody to get a grip and say, let's just do the basics. Let's, we're not trying to be the entertainers. Let's just play the game, complete our sets, force the error. And there just wasn't that, in, especially the first half. Just And I do think it probably goes back to Dagger and Lewis, who not played together in the halves before. There's that little bit of lack of understanding of each other. People doing little flick passes and it's it's just leading to nothing. But yeah, I think I think it's that experience that you need on the pitch to just calm the game down. We know we're the better side. It'll the the, the opportunities will come. We just need to play out our sets. But there, there wasn't that, especially in the first half. Yeah, and uh, Carl, one of the uh, criticisms levelled at Rovers over the past few weeks is our defence, isn't it? Um, mm. Though I think there was a few times in that first half where we had scrambling goal and defence and we, we shut Wakefield out. Um, and although we didn't look uh, that great in attack, we looked a bit clunky. I did see encouraging signs in defence where we seemed to be a little bit more organised. And whether that's the Brett Delaney effect, obviously he's only been here, what, a couple of weeks now. But um, whether there was a little bit more organisation, a little bit more fighting rovers, which seemed to, to carry through uh, in that first half. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree to an extent, Chris. Uh, like, I, like I, you know, mentioned a few minutes back, I think the Rovers of old could have folded, and they probably would have folded, and probably considered the game in the end. But fair play to them, you know, there's a lot of grit, determination. The attitude was right, even at the back end of the game when Wakefield was really forcing our line. You know, there was a few forward passes that didn't get called, and we still managed to keep them out, didn't we? So, yeah, you know, I, I think I think credit where it's due. It wasn't it wasn't pretty. It wasn't glamorous. It wasn't the entertainers, like Dan says. We just did what we had to do. And you know yourself being a Hull Kingston Rovers support, it's normally the hard and drawn out way, but credit where it's due when we, we did a job and got the two points. And that ultimately, that's all that matters in the end. Yeah, 4-0 at half-time, Graham. Uh, Danny Maguire puts a rocket up him. I think in the uh, post-match interview, he said uh, there was a few harsh words said. Um, and I think he, he, he spelled it out to the players. You know, they needed to improve and... To be fair, you can't do much more than what they did in that 10-minute spell after the break. No, and I think that was pleasing to see because I think, again, we've talked about it over the last few weeks around us being the ones who were half asleep in that first five, six, seven, ten minutes mm. of, of the second half. Um, and I'm pretty sure that that would have been one of the messages about, look, we've conceded lots of points this, we need to be switched on from minute one. And it was pleasing to see that that it was us being on the offensive Um in, in that first period and that's when we got some success and we I think that that settled the nerves a lot getting those points on the board stretching the lead a little bit and I think just jumping back to that first half and, and something that that hasn't been mentioned yet but I think there was a there's a key point in that where Mikey Lewis chased back that that it was a try saver basically in the first half yeah. and again that that could have gone a different way if he hadn't have shown that grit and determination to make that that last ditch tackle. Um, that could have been the Rovers of old, where our heads went down. It's you know halfway through the first half, whatever whatever minute it was on, and we could have conceded back to backs there, but we didn't. We moved on, and then we were the ones who went and scored three tries in you know in twenty minutes, whatever it was, uh, in that second half, which gave the fans, I think, a lot more um, breathing space in, in, in terms of uh, relief that we can you know we can get over the try line, we can win this game. And of course, that led forward to, to a, ne a nervy last 10, 15 minutes, which is probably something we should expect as Rovers fans. We never never seem to make anything easy for ourselves. No, no, definitely not. Uh, that first try, though, Carl, uh, Jimmy Kynos goes over. Um, I think Jimmy Kynos probably deserves a bit of a special mention. Uh, it was his 32nd birthday during the week. Um, obviously, scored the try, 33 tackles, 12 carries. 93 metres, an average gain of eight metres. Um, I mean, he, he is Mr. Dependable, isn't he? Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem to matter what position you put him in. He's uh, he's a seven out of ten, you know, wherever he plays it in that lineup. Yeah, you, you, you can play him once a 13, he'd do a job, wouldn't he? You know, he's, he never lets anybody down and, you know, it's, it's credit to him, you know. And, you know, because 
with Rovers, there's, there's normally holes all over the park and, you know, people go off, he fills in, somebody else will go off, they'll move into another position. So he's without a doubt probably one of the most, you know, key people in the squad, you know, to, to do a job anyway is his place. So, you know, and do you especially, know what the especially is with his trike. I was going to say, Carl, do you know what the irony is? I was doing some, just before uh, the podcast, we're doing some research, and it's almost a year to the day that he was sent on loan to Castleford uh, at the back end of last season. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, it's not the first time he's been uh, been loaned out, isn't it? But what a return. And um, he's somebody who obviously has a huge role in the squad, isn't he? Because he's a, especially with Danny Maguire knowing him well. Um, and But at the moment, you can't see, uh, you can't imagine a Rover squad probably without him in it. No, every, every squad needs a Jimmy Kynos, don't they? You know, it's, it's as simple as that. It's it's probably a coach's dream because they get you know they get put in the face of adversity all the time. And who's the answer, Jimmy Kynos? And I, I think most coaches, you know, would you know, is a dream. He's sort of a dream player for any coach because he can do a job in in any position. Uh, going back to his going back to his try though, me and you was literally directly in front of it, and he only had a meter and a half to work with, didn't he? He managed to sort of spin out and get the ball down. So he's also a good, skillful finisher as well. So that's another another string to his bow. But yeah, he's, he's he's so good for overs and he's he's so consistent. And I think I think he does deserve big rats because he goes under the radar for what he does. Because not many players can do what he does. That's for sure. Yeah, and Dan, another player getting big raps, uh, Ethan Ryan. He was named as the official man of the match. Uh, Mike Lewis floats in a kick and. Ethan Ryan uses his, his height and uh, manages to jump up. Um, not only does he jump up, gather the ball, he also manages to uh, to put it down while it looks like he's been tackled in the air as well. So a great finish from Ethan Ryan and probably another player who's, who's um, very dependable at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's come on leaps and bounds, hasn't he, really? He's, he's first name on your team sheet and you on your winger, isn't he? He's, the way he's... The effort he puts in, the work rate, you saw with that, like you mentioned earlier about that that kick on the last, there's nothing on, probably shouldn't have ended up in his hands, but the way he chased it down, he was the first one walloping the fullback, wasn't he? He was there. And uh, he repeated it as well in the second half, Dan. He did almost, an almost identical play. Yeah. <laughs> um, that Going back to that try as well, out leaping to forward, and it could have been an eight-point try. I was tackled in the air. So you look at Scoring, tackling the act of scoring at that point. It's one of them, isn't it? But yeah, Ethan yeah. Wright is, I think there's the past three games that he's played and you could probably have him down as man of the match. It's been outstanding. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't uh, Tafoe's uh, greatest debut, was it? I think he got caught by Mikey Lewis in the first half where yeah, he, uh, Mikey Lewis just Mike stood his ground. I think there was uh, a knock-on in the second half, what he made. I think there was obviously that mistake where he got outjumped by Ryan. So, um, yeah, I think he looked like he'd just been on a flight from Australia coming over. He looked very rusty, but we use that to our advantage. Um, Graham Lackenkoo gets the third try, um, spins out of a tackle and, and finds a bit of open space to run into. Crucially for him, he, uh, he manages to then find a bit of space in the dead ball area as well and take the ball closer to the sticks. Um, obviously, goes and gets the uh, kick after that out to uh, ironic change from the East End. Um but obviously, we're going to come on to the dagger drop goal very soon. But, um, you know, obviously, it was crucial that we got them two points, wasn't it, on the back of a a, a very good try from Lachlan Coop? Yeah, it was. And I, I think that that was probably what the best of Lachlan Coop is, why he's, why he's in that attacking line. And, and what you get from him there is that ability to, to do exactly what he did there. And we've seen it a number of times for Saints in, in popping up in the line there. And we've sort of seen it in, in fits and starts for, for, for us as well. We've been scoring. He seems to be involved in key players going forward. And when, when he plays well in the attacking line, we usually have a lot of success. So so that was a good try. It needed scoring still um, to spin out of that tackle and then sort of take a left foot step and, and wrong foot. A couple of defenders who just sort of went straight by him, then have a walk in. Uh, and then the presence of mind just to just to make his life a little bit easier with the goal kicking. Um and, and put it down behind the sticks for for an easy two point conversion. But yeah, I think the yeah you'll have all seen the, the relief he he showed once that kick had gone over and the stand gave him an ironic cheer of of it going over. I think he was relieved as well. But again, it's it's one of those where 
it, it, it eased a lot of pressure for us. It, it stretched that lead out. It gave us a bit of breathing space. It meant that we weren't chasing the game or, or hanging on. It meant that that had to draw Wakefield out and uh, and bring them out of the shells, which you know which it did eventually. But it meant it just gave us that little bit of comfort to, to play with over the over the minutes, and we could then manage the game properly rather than it being at 100 miles an hour in that heat. Yeah, there's been a few people clamouring maybe for Lachlan Coote to, to go into the halves. Um, is that an option for you, Graham? When I, what the, the kids I stand with, one of them said they should put Coote in the halves and, and Dagger at full-back, but um, I think I prefer him at full-back. Mm. Um, there's, a, there's a lot more risk, I think, for him up front with, with uh, in the halves in terms of getting bashed about a bit. Um I think he's a better organiser and better seer of what's going on in front of him uh, at one rather than six. Don't know if anybody agrees or disagrees with that. Yeah, I mean, Carl, for me, there's no one better coming into that line when we're attacking out on the wing and he, and he creates that space. I don't think there's anyone better, probably uh, definitely no one better in our squad. And he's definitely one of the best in Super League at doing it. Someone who can del deliver that pass who can uh, decide when to deliver that pass, who can produce a bit of skill if needed. Um, and I think if you put him into the halves, you lose that completely because his role would be, he'd be spent elsewhere. Um, for me, he should be nowhere near six or seven. Yes, it's, it's, it's a silly statement in my opinion. He's a number one all day long and that's why he's been at the top of his game for many years playing up full-back. I mean... I, I believe I, I think he played for the Cowboys when he played in the arts a couple of times, but not not massive number amount of games. So for me, it's it's just silly. It's, his best positions are he's one of the most experienced in the squad. Be organising the team in front of him. Be organising the young lads in D. Like you say, he's probably the best. I'll put my neck on the block here and say he's probably the best at timing into the line out the back. You know, his timing, his awareness, his experience. He's definitely going to. Benefit being at fullback rather than the ass for me, and Gray makes a fair point. He's he's at sort of that end of his career now where you don't want him running up the middle because all it takes is some some big daft bugger to come over the top with a shoulder tackle or anything like that, and you know. So for me, it's it's not up for debate really. No, uh, Will Dagger Dan goes for a drop goal. Uh, you know, sometimes players can't win. Loads of Rovers fans will be saying our game management is poor and we don't take one point and we don't kick the ball into touch at the right times and we don't try to kill the game. Obviously, uh, what then follows is a short kick-off from Wakefield, which ends up resulting them in scoring a try. Uh, was it the right call to go for that one point or would you rather see them play the ball? I think, yeah, like you say, game management... Kick that drop goal. I think he caught everyone off guard. It was one of them when you sort of look at the scoreboard and do the maths in your head and go, oh, that was a bit unnecessary, that. It's not really, apart from forcing them to, if they're going to score, they're going to score two converted tries. Didn't really have much point to it. I think at that stage of the game, you're looking to just drill the ball into the in goal area and try and for, force a repeat set, keep them defending. Because, uh, well, as long as they're defending, they're not going to be scoring. Um, I, yeah, I do think it was a strange decision. It's not obviously it's not resulted in anything, so it's not the end of the world now, is it? But yeah, strange one. Do you think, Dan, that it was maybe a sign of confidence that that dagger and, and whoever felt confident enough that if they went for the one point and got the ball back, that they they were better with ball in hand than they would be defending, um, or is it a sign of a lack of confidence in the defence? I suppose you could look at it both ways, couldn't you? You could look at it like that. You, you just don't know what's going through Dagger's head at that point. As he thought, yeah, we'll kick this drop goal, we'll get the ball back. Didn't sort of bank on the, them going for the short kickoff. That everybody could see straight away. I think if you actually watch the highlights back on YouTube, you know where they've got the referees mic'd up. Yeah. As soon as he kicks that drop goal, the referee is shouting, right, it's a short one, Robert. He's got, they're going to go short here. So everybody could see that they're going to go short. Yeah, I just think he, I think he just got it completely wrong in that. I yeah. mean, it just goes back to game management. Is is he is that is that his position? Probably not, because it's that experience that comes with looking at the scoreboard and thinking, right, yeah, we'll just keep him pinned down here. Yeah, and Graham hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's magnificent sitting here looking back and saying what you should have done. It's it's always the uh, always the right answer is with hindsight. Um, but on on the drop goal thing, I think the only thing it achieved for was was taking a little bit of time off the clock. It didn't win the game. It didn't put it to bed or anything like that. Um, and if I'm honest, I don't think we've got a good track record in defending short kickoffs. Um, we always seem to come out on the wrong end of of those when when a team goes for a short kickoff, which immediately invites pressure onto us and. I think we set up for the short kickoff. Okay, I think we were we recognised that it was coming, but we invited that short kickoff on ourselves. And like Dan said, there could we have managed the game better by taking another minute off the clock with another set um, on their line if we'd have built pressure and got got the reese, you know, the the, um, the six again. Uh, no guarantee, of course, with that. But all we did there was just invite them onto our forty with ball in hand and six tackles to play with. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, so Rovers then, you know, out of nervy few minutes towards the end, didn't they? Where it looked like Wakefield were building momentum. I think the only thing is Wakefield probably left it a little bit too late to get to get themselves back into the game. And it's um it's almost like Rovers had done enough. Um but I think uh Dan the returning, uh Ryan Hall, George King, um, and I think a few other players like uh Corbin Sims, Will Ma, um, seems to be finding the feet a little bit now we're getting a run of games. Um and you know, although we, you know, we still got frailties in defence. There's a, a couple of players that, in particular, Calvin Sims and Will Maru who seem to be really grasping the opportunity now that they've got it. Yeah, so you, it's one of them, isn't it? You don't know if there's with Calvin Sims. It's a strange one because there must have gone something gone on with Tony Smith that we'll, we'll never know about. Uh, but Danny Maguire seems to have faith in him, and to be honest, he's not. He's still not the world beater, is he? But he's solid. He, he hasn't done. He hasn't put a foot wrong, especially the derby. He was putting in some some good hits. Um, Will Mar, he's. I think the whole Daily Mail gave him a four, which was I thought was very harsh. I thought. Yeah, well, uh, you, you didn't like any of the ratings, did you? Yeah, it was quite. It was quite harsh with that. Yeah, you didn't like any of the ratings, did you, Dan? Oh, no, no, I was, I was alright with the ratings. It was just that four for Will Mar, I thought it was a bit. <laughs> and Sam Wood. Sam Wood got five, didn't they? Nearly passed out with heat exhaustion at the end, bless him. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, well, Hall, when he comes back into the squad, Ryan Hall, it just it's that carrying the ball, the first taking the pressure off the forward in the first couple of tackles when we've collected the kick, it, it just takes the pressure off and he, it's like having another forward on the pitch. It takes yeah, it takes two or three blokes with him, and it's just how quickly he gets up and plays the ball. It's just it's that impact he has. Yeah, and that's highlighted by the fact there was four players who uh, did over a hundred meters for Rovers on Sunday. Ryan Hall was the leading one hundred and fifty meters from twenty-one carries. Um, you know, especially when you have someone like Sean Kane Al go off early in the game like he did, just highlights how important Ryan Hall is and and how important his meters are because um, there's not a player. In the rover side, who can come close to him at the moment for, for meters made. Um, my only frustration is I'd like to see him get the ball a bit closer to the, the opposition's trial line. Um, as great as he is, um, as great as he is running out of back play, you know, look, imagine what he could do running onto the ball close to the line. A little bit similar, well, not very similar, Justin Carney when we had him, great running the ball out and he was crying out for him to get the ball near the trial line, but. Obviously, the position rovers in don't always lead us to, to be able to have the ball in the opposition's 10 or 20 that often. Um, like we said, Ethan Ryan got man of the match. Um, we've already mentioned, Carl. It was just, it wasn't pretty, but credit to Rovers. Two injuries in the first half, left us with two, um, down to two players uh, on the interchange bench. Also, Sam Royal coming on, making his Rovers debut. He probably got a lot more minutes than what he, he expected. Um solid. I don't think um he let anybody down. I don't think he was spectacular, but um he'll be pleased to get uh more minutes under his belt and you probably expect him to line up against Warrington on uh Friday night, especially now that Dean Hadley's uh injured and um he's definitely gonna be out for the next few weeks. Yeah he's he's steady isn't he I mean you see a lot of them Players who are playing the forwards or make a debut or you know the first the first or second game and they're just they're just steady aren't they and I think on Sunday regarding the conditions and the squad rovers as I, I think he came on and did a job didn't he and that was that's what, like I said earlier that was all it was about was getting the job done and he's he's done, done himself no uh, 
no harm in, in terms of this week's selection, has he? So, yeah, I think it's uh, I think there's probably more to come to him as well. The more minutes he gets, he's going to see what else he can produce and it kind of be benefit Rovers in the short term. Yeah, and Graham, um, probably a player of the last couple of games who just highlighted just how important he is to the Rovers side is Matty Parcel. Um, he was our top tackler again, 43 tackles. Um, obviously, uh, he's our top dummy runner, uh, way ahead of anybody else in Super League. But um, just that influence he has on the side, the way he can speed up the game, uh, the offloads he gives, you know, he's just um, he's just so important to the Rover side, isn't he? He is. And I, I love to watch Matt Parcel when we're playing well in attack because he, he's mm. everywhere. He's He's dictating the ball from from dummy half. He's got those fast players in around the rook. He's turning defenders inside out with with the um, you know with, with that player ball, and he's bringing others into play. He seems to be always on the shoulders of those who make the breaks as well. So when we're playing well in attack, I don't think there's anybody finer than, than watching Parcel play as well. He's a very very clever and intelligent player on the field as well. And I think you you hit the nail on the head of how important he is to us. However, I think also Lytton as well goes under radar a little bit um, in terms of his work rate and the work he does either when Parcells off the field or when they're both on together. I think there's a, there's a, there's a really good foil uh, for Parcell if, if he ever needs to take a breather in the work that Lytton does as well. There's not much difference in the way that they both play the game. Yeah, definitely. And... Um... Also, credit to Lytton, Dan, because he, he don't just come on and play the hooker role, does he, at the moment, you know, due to injuries, etc. He seems to be moved about and, and play a variety of positions for the side at the moment. Yeah, well, he's got to, and I think everybody's having to play everywhere at the minute. But yeah, going, going back to Parcel and Lytton, they're just, they're just, like you say, Graham, they're just the same sort of similar style of player. It's that extra few yards they, can, they pinch from dummy half. It's it just puts us right on the front foot and, you know, it's that pace that we're sometimes lacking. It, when we, the game starts to slow down, they, especially when they bring when we bring Lytton on, it just injects that pace around the rock. And I think it, it, it goes under the radar because of Parcel. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's that, it's that injection of pace he brings to the game when maybe their forwards are flagging a little bit, the, the pack's sort of struggling to get back uh, get square at dummy, uh, dummy half and he's gone. Yeah, yeah. And also for a little guy, Jez Lytton, he, yeah, he doesn't have put himself about in defence, doesn't he? You know, he's absolutely tireless in defence and, you know, he's got no fear about who he tackles or who he goes near. He's, he's after... Uh, big on defeat, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he did. Uh, Michael Morton, uh, I forgot about that, actually. Uh, Sims beasting seems to do with the world of good. Um I don't know if you if you caught it. Uh, it looked like Sims was about to pull up with an hamstring or a dodgy knee or whatever it was. Transpires it was actually a bee sting uh, that made him uh, pull up injured. Um, luckily, none of the uh, Wakefield forwards saw it was a bee sting because he got got away with get without getting clattered, didn't he? When I think uh, other forwards might have been not so forgiving, but um, probably one of the strangest things you're going to see on a, on a rugby league field is. Uh, Corbin Sims getting stung, but that is the game. Uh, a great two points for Rovers. Uh, it moves us up to the table. And Danny Maguire's already spoke about how it's given us the opportunity to start looking up rather than down. And talking the camp prior to, to the Wakefield game, I think Danny Maguire said it had been a bit negative and maybe been focusing so much on relegation and getting drawn into that rather than promotion. Um, and we've got no better opportunity to continue that run when we take on Warrington this Friday. I'm delighted to announce... Uh, Daniel, he's joining us. Daniel, how are you doing, mate? Warrington fan. Hi there. Hello. How are you doing, Dan? Hello. Good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Dan, uh, we're going to go through the squad oh, for the Warrington game very shortly. But there we go. As quick as we brought him in, he's gone. Uh, but before Dan comes back, I'll announce the Rover squad. For the game on Friday, we've got Lachlan Coote, Ben Crooks, Ryan Hall, Matty Parcell, George King, Jez Litton, Corbin Sims, Elliot Minchella, Jimmy Kinehorst, Will Dagger, Mikey Lewis, Rowan Milnes, Will Maher, Ethan Ryan, Sam Wood, Reg Richards, Will Tate, uh, PLT, Charlie Kavanagh, Connor Moore and Sam Royal. Missing from the squad is, of course, Sean, Sean Kenny Dowell, Dean Hadley and Dave Fishwick. Um... Yeah, so there's a few changes in there. 
Um, obviously, it's going to be a big miss at the game. Uh, Sean Kane, Dowell, Dean Hadley. Uh, but good to see a few younger players into that squad. Yeah, two two experienced players, vastly experienced players who would ordinarily be in there on the you know the first team sheet. You would you would imagine every single week that they're fit and available. Um, but like you say, it's good, you know, rugby and injuries, it's all part of the game. So the the injury list that we've got and seem to be having on a regular basis, it, it's getting longer. Uh, it's going to give opportunities to to those younger players, and they'll be chomping at the bit, um, I'm sure. And if they can apply themselves and, and take you know take the opportunity with both hands, like uh, Fishwick has done in in the last couple of games, you know credit to them again. I said it before. I think Maguire will be conscious that he's not going to put people in there who aren't ready for it. So if he feels they're ready and they're in the squad, then they, they obviously deserve to be there. I think just one one point going back to the to the game, Chris, before we do look forward to the, the, the one on Friday. Um, where we were in the East Stand, it was fantastic to see at the end of the game, Zach Fishwick come over to, to the East Stand. And uh, I think it was his academy uh, guys who he obviously used to play with, still plays with, absolutely mobbed him once he'd finished on his home debut, etc. And you could just see from him and from them the absolute pride and what it meant to them to be you know, with him on his home debut. And it, it, that was just absolutely fantastic to see. A young kid and young kids having that opportunity and what it meant to them to be part of the club and and potentially that first team opportunity. So if it, if his journey can inspire some of those academy lads as well to take you know those steps, then yeah, he's he's done a good job with that. Yeah, and by all accounts, uh, Fishwick Carl, he's got um he's got a cold or or what have you, so he's, he's missing out. Connor Moore comes in, um, slightly more experienced. Connor Moore, nineteen in, instead of seventeen. Um, Looks like to be a light for light replacement. Um, do you think it's as simple as Conor Moran coming in and replacing Fishwick on Friday night? Yeah, possibly, possibly, but obviously we don't see how the lads are training on a day-to-day basis, do we? So it's uh, there's a, there's a there's a number of uh, players in there, isn't there, who, who could do a job? It's like you say, it's it's what Danny Maguire sees throughout the week, and there's no there's no doubt that there is ever. A spot in the 21, as Graham alluded. So they're in there for a reason and they're in there off, off the back of merit, aren't they? So obviously they're doing things right in training, otherwise they won't be in that 21. But uh, no, there's, 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 don't remember, there's Greg Richards and a couple others in there who you know, haven't been playing big minutes lately. So who knows, mate? It's up to, it's up to the coach on that day, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Dan, are you sorted out your internet issues? Hi there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. We're just going through the Rover squad for Friday night. Uh, Dan, um, Dan Craft, I'll ask you, mate. Um, Dean Hadley obviously missing. Sam Royal took his place on uh, Sunday. Uh, do you expect it just to be a straight swap for, for them two? And is our best route to victory against Warrington probably making as many uh, minimal changes as possible? I don't think we've really got an option, have we? I think uh, Royal will go straight in, I think, for Hadley. Um, I think it is just going to be a patched-up squad, isn't it? But let's not forget, last time we went in the playoffs, we had a bit of a patched-up squad, didn't we? And surprised everybody, surprised ourselves, didn't we? Yeah. So. I suppose a huge call to make, Danny's around uh, Sean Kenny Dowell. Uh, ben Crooks missed out against Wakefield after playing against Hull in the derby. Uh, will Tate. Another player who missed out. Um, is it a shootout between them two to take uh, Sean Kenny Dowell's spot, do you reckon? I think you're more likely to go with Crooks, aren't you, really? Uh, bit of experience in that. Um, I'm not saying that Will Tate doesn't possibly have a place in the squad, but yeah, I think you're more likely to go with Crooks on that for now. He's played centre this season, knows the score. Uh, yeah, I'd, I think I'd probably go with Crooks, just a sensible option. Yeah, Dan, I'll come to you now, mate. Uh, Warrington have named their squad, of course, at the same time as Rovers. Um, just give us an overview of how you think Warrington have done this season so far and are they, uh, are they positioned in the table where you expect them to be or would you like to, or do you think they'd have been a lot higher than what they are? Uh, I think given the money spent, we certainly should be a lot higher than uh, ninth or 10th, I think we are. We certainly should be a lot higher than that. Um, it's been a very poor season, I think, by our standards we've come nowhere near close to challenging the, the top sides like St Helens and uh, and Wigan and yeah we're just we're just incredibly inconsistent win one week lose the next week and 
we've, we're a streaky side. We've gone on a few uh, really kind of four or five long game losing runs. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really disappointing season so far. And uh, it's hard to see it getting much better, really, because unless we sneak our way into the playoffs, um, which I'm not sure we're going to do because I don't think we'll win enough games, um, it's, it's it's been a really fa- failure of a year, really, for, for Warrington, I think. And why do you think that is, though, Dan? Because when you look through the squad for Friday night in particular, you know, you look at some of the players who were, who were going to feature on Friday night. And, and, you know, how do you put your finger on why it's gone so wrong? <clears throat> I just think, I think certain players have resisted the change from uh, from Steve Price to, to Daryl Powell. Um, certain things haven't gone right under Daryl Powell defensively. We've become a really poor defensive side, letting soft tries in pretty much every week. Um, certain players like you know Toby King, Ben Curry, that have been really good players for Warrington in the past, have barely turned up this season. And Toby King's been shipped out to Huddersfield now on a, on a loan deal. There's been a lot of change. Players have come and gone mid-season, which is unusual, really. So I just I just think it's been a very hectic season, and we've never known one one week to the next what the team is going to be. Um, so we just found it very difficult to get any degree of consistency. Um, but that's on the players, really, for me. Um, you know, I know it's Daryl Powell's first year and he'll get a lot of criticism, but I think a lot of the players should look at themselves and should have done a lot better, really, this year. Yeah, and despite that, obviously, still living a shout at the playoffs. Um, a win on Friday, you know, for both sides now is, is crucial, isn't it, for, for any side who wants to have aspirations of the playoffs. Um, what is the feeling going into Friday's game? Obviously, the Rovers side is a bit patched up at the moment. I think last count we had 10 first-teamers injured. Uh, but then, like Dan said, you know, we was in a similar position last last season when we went and got the playoff win. Um, is it a game that's winnable for Warrington? Because when I look at um, some of your defeats, you know, when you do lose, you're going to have to concede some points as well. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's... It's a game that's, that's winnable, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean we'll win it because, you know, Warrington's such a tough side to predict at the minute um, because there is that inconsistency. Played quite well at Magic Weekend and, and, and beat a good Catalan side and then get um, get turned over comfortably by Castle for the week after. So there is there is no real degree of, of consistency. Um, you know, we, we don't score many points as well, as well as... The There you go. Dan's just signed off on that. So they don't score many points, but there's a couple of players, of course, who were crucial for Warrington. You've got Daryl Clark, Matty Ashton. Matty Ashton, he's fared in Super League for metres made, uh, 2,297. He's got an average gain of nearly 10 metres and he's fared in Super League for clean breaks with 19. Um, and that's one thing we've suffered against, isn't it, Graham, where we've come up a bit of pace recently. Um, I mean, you only have to look at Max Jowitz try on um, on Sunday um, to, to see what impact uh, Pace can have on the side. And it's something we've got to be uh, able to counter, isn't it? Yeah, he's probably the most dangerous player I think that we've got to keep an eye on. He's, he's, he's got Pace to burn. I, I think, you know, you look at the the tries, he, he can score them from deep, he can score them close in. He's, he's quite an acrobatic uh, winger as well. So I think we've got to keep a real close eye on him. So whichever winger we, we've got loaded up against him... Uh, needs to be certainly on their toes. And, and like we have Ryan Hall for those early carries out of backfield, um, Warrington have you know him doing a similar job uh, for them and gaining lots of lots of ground, especially in broken field as well. I think he's a very dangerous character that we need to keep a close eye on. Yeah, welcome back, Daniel. We've just been talking about right. how important Matty Ashton has been for, for Warrington this season. He's, he's way up there with metres made. He's got his average gain of nearly 10 metres. Fairing so plea for clean breaks. Um, as a Warrington fan, is he has he been one of your standout players? Yeah, he, he has, and not many Warrington players have had a good season. I mean, I posted on Twitter, I think it was yesterday or maybe the day before, asking for fans to give me their top five wire players of the season. And very few people actually gave me five, but most people did <laughs> feature Ashton in their top two or three. Um, and he has scored a lot of tries. Uh, what Ashton struggles with, I find, is decision making. If he finds himself in a two-on-one or three-on-one, he will play a pass two late. Or uh, if, if I don't know if you saw the game, but we played Catalans at Newcastle, and he played a really poor pass to to Widdop, and Widdop ended up getting injured because of how poor Ashton's pass was. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I think he's still got that to learn. But 
because Warrington likes to attack from deep, he is, his pace is certainly useful and he will be someone for you to look out for. But I don't know. I mean, the last time we played a, a whole side at home, it was OFC and we didn't score a try. It was 4-0 to us. So, uh, you know, it, it might be another game like that where we struggle to score. Yeah, I had the uh, mispleasure of watching that game. Uh, it's one that's probably forever etched in my memory yeah. for all the wrong reasons rather than uh, any good ones. Um Another player who's, who's been important to Warrington for a number of seasons now is Daryl Clark. And it's going to be interesting to see how the battle between him and Matty Parcell and then Jez Litton pans out because uh, Clark, Parcell, they are two formidable hookers, aren't they? Yeah, and, and Daryl Clark has, you know, he's not been at his best, but he's he's still trying and he's still he's still putting the effort in. So, yeah, and, and he's, he's a good tackler. So... You know, he'll be an important player for Warrington on Friday night, as he is all the time. But it will really come down to, I think for me, it'll come down to whether Warrington start well or not. I remember when we played you guys in, in April or May, I think it was, and I think in the first 15 minutes you'd scored three, four tries and the game was over by that point. Warrington have lost so many games this season in the first 15, 20 minutes. Um, so I think if you guys start well, the, the game's done because we, we've not actually won a game this season when we've conceded the first points. So... Um, you know, if I was if I was your coach, I'd be saying to your players, you know, make sure you start well, get a few early tries, and 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 this lot they don't have the mentality to come back and win. So that would be how I would, would attack Warrington if I was uh, Hulk KR. And that, what's the crowd been down like at Warrington? Is it sympathetic, or are they quick to turn if, like you say, you know, the opposition get off to a good start? Yeah, I think I think uh, because we've seen it quite a few times this season, the, the crowd can be quick to turn. We played Salford at home a few weeks ago and conceded two early tries, and there were boos already. I think it was only nine, ten minutes in. So the the crowd can be quick to turn. Um, you know, we have a fan base which you know sometimes can be a little bit entitled and and think of it too much of itself. But we we have been disappointed with what we've seen this season, and we've seen it so many times this season that if we concede early, we don't think we're going to go and win that game. So. Um, yeah, if you get a few early tries, there'll be some, there'll be some booze, I'm, I'm sure, uh, which is never nice to hear, but um, that's the situation we're in at the minute. Yeah, and two former Robins named in the uh, 21-man squad for Friday, uh, Greg Minikin and Rob, Robbie Mullen. Just give us a, an insight into how they've been doing for Wire uh, this season. Minikin's only played one game. He, um, he got injured before he joined Warrington, um, and so he made his debut. There we go. Dan's jumped off again. He'll be back in a, in a couple of minutes, no doubt, plugging in his uh, his connection or putting another 50p in the metre. Uh, but it's going to be interesting, isn't it, uh, Carl, Greg Minikin, Robbie Mulhern? I mean, by all accounts, Warrington fans want rid of Mulhern and expect him to leave. Minikin, he was a he cut a bit of a frustrating figure at Rovers, didn't he? Because he, he showed he had potential and he showed he had uh, ability, but we didn't see him out on the pitch enough, did we? Yeah, I think uh, I think it was all a shock when Minikin signed for Wire from Rovers. So I think I think he's one of them. I think he's just been ravaged in injuries wherever he's been. I think his I think his best days was at Castleford, wasn't they? So I don't I don't see him regaining that form. But like Daniel was saying, he's only played one game. Can it, can he get a string of games together and hopefully get some confidence and stay away from him injuries? And there could be there could be a player in there, couldn't there? Yeah, yeah, and do. You, uh... Daniel, do you reckon Robin Mullane will be a Warrington player next season? He's gone again. Right, think, he's not uh, coming back. He's done he's now. Gone. He's done. Right, that's it. Predictions. Graham, are we going to beat Warrington on Friday? I'm going to be positive and say yes. However, it, like, like Daniel said there, I think it depends on which team gets the best start for me. Yeah, well... Yeah, it's interesting. Isn't it? I mean, Dan, when you like I said, you look at that side. They've got Kyle Amor coming into it. Uh, Daryl Clark, Oliver Holmes, Metaltier, uh, Gareth Williams. Uh, sorry, George Williams, Stephen Ratchford, Josh Hewlett. You know, as 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 bad as they've been doing, the on paper they look like they've got a decent squad, but it looks like they're so fragile and and, and so the confidence is shot that if Rovers can get off to a pacey start, that it looks like we might have a chance of getting a win. Yeah, if we can repeat that, what we did uh, earlier in the season, it, it's the mentality. There's obviously a problem there at Warrington. Um, 
you could see it when we we put a number on them earlier in the season. They were. I was, I was talking to lads around me. They, they just don't seem to care. It was quite mm. strange. They didn't have any fight in them. That was quite strange. But um, prediction-wise, I think I'm, I'm going to be the negative one. I think I don't think it's going to be. I don't think they're going to whoop us, but I think it'll be a close game. I think they'll just edge it, maybe by eight. I think we're, we're carrying one too many injury. Yeah, thanks so much, Charles. Uh, up at N. Charles Bookmakers has been brilliant, and he supplies a few odds on the handicap. Uh, we've got an eight start on the handicap, um, so it might be uh, obviously the bookies are not fancying Rovers, but I think you know, you look at at Wire's last nine games, if you go back all the way back to April, Wigan lost 40 points to 22, Catalan lost 40 points to 18, Saints lost 12 points to 10. Leeds lost 40 points to four. Wakefield lost 30 points to 24. Then, obviously, the whole game won 4-0. Uh, they then lose 32 points to 24 against Salford. They beat Catalan, 36 points to 10. And then they get beat 35 points to 22 against Cass. So, Graham, it suggests it's a side with a soft underbelly. Um, who, If you can get at them. Yeah, they've got, they've got a history there of the, of the last 10, 12 games, whatever you covered there, of of conceding high numbers of points. And if you consistently do that, you ain't going to be winning too many games, which which gives us, I think, the, the confidence to go out and attack them. Um, if they concede one, like like Daniel mentioned, they've, they've got a habit of conceding two or three. And I think, I think it was the Leeds game I watched on the TV where there was a hostile crowd at, at their place and Leeds ran them ragged. Um, and the crowd were very, very vociferous right from early parts of the first half and it didn't get much better the longer the game went on. So I think if we can get them done that way, get the crowd on their backs, that, that's the fast start I'm looking for to, to, to get in and put some points on the board, put them under pressure, make them play, make the crowd get agitated and then hopefully it'll for us to feed off that. Dan, welcome back. Before your internet cuts out again, just give us your yeah. prediction for Friday night. Um, I'll, go, I'll go for Hulk KR by... 10 points. Oh, yes, I'll have some of that. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where do you see Rovers' threats coming from? Uh, Lewis. I like Lewis, the halfback. And, you know, you've got some, some good edge players as well. I think I think the threats will come from the fact that Hulk I will work harder than Warrington. Um, and, you know, last couple of times we've played, we, we've got beat. So if you start as you did last time we played you, then, uh, then there'll only be one winner. The boos will ring out and... Uh, our players' heads will drop, and um, I, I do think it could be a tough night, but we'll, we'll see. Warrington are unpredictable, so who knows? But uh, if I had to put some money on it, I'd be putting a whole KR win. Yeah, I like that, Dan. Thanks for that. And Carl, a lot of Rovers fans have almost written our season off uh, the injuries, etc., what we're suffering from. But you know, there's still a long, a long way to go. Isn't there? There's still plenty of games to play, and I think. One thing that's important is if we can get a couple of victories out of our next maybe three, four games with uh, the uh, the players who are set to return and we'll do an injury update then shortly, you know, it puts us in a good position to, as for a run at the back end of the season, which is its most important time. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, a couple of weeks ago before the Magic game, I think I sort of said, if we get beat, I think that'll be us done, but there's that many teams in that in that bunch of between the between Wakefield and the the, the sixth playoff spot in there that where they're all inconsistent and anything can happen. So all all you need is a couple of wings sort of strung together and then you're back in it again, aren't you? So at the minute with all these inconsistent teams, anything's possible. So you know, yeah, I think as poor as poorly as Wire has been, I think you know they they could make it. I know Daniel's saying not, and that might be the case because there's a lot of them resting the camp. But I think I think there's two, three, four teams will possibly commit the playoff yet because because of other teams' inconsistent. So I can never write anybody off at the moment. No, Daniel, thanks for your input, mate. Hopefully your Thank prediction you. comes true. Um, there's not many away uh, supporters will come on here and predict a victory for the Robins. So we appreciate that, and like we say, let's hope that one comes true. Well, got to be honest. Sorry about those internet issues, guys. Thank you. Oh, don't worry. Take care, pal. Uh, Dan, a victory against Warrington that should probably put our relegation fears to bed, shouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think to be honest, I think the Wakefield game was the the game. I think it's 
it was a massive two points. <clears throat> the fact that you lose, you still four points off the bottom, uh, but you um, that the win puts you six points. It's it's a big big difference, and at the six points, you you look at Wakefield. I think they're gone. Wakefield. You look at their fixtures. I think is it is it seven or eight games left? Seven games, I think it is, and yeah. five of them are against sides in the top four. The, I can't see it, yeah. but I think I think we're safe now. I think there's no no pressure on us now. Nobody's expecting us to make the six. Why not? Just I know we're not going to go into a game thinking we're going to lose, but why not go for it? Put everything into it. We've got nothing to lose now, have we? No pressure on us. Let's just go for it. And if we make the six, we went into the six into the playoffs with a battered squad last year. Mike, can we do it again? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, we've already just mentioned injuries. Of course, Sean Kenny Dowell, he's out of the game. Um, hopefully, that'll be back for the Wigan one. Um, Dean Hadley, dislocated shoulder. Danny Maguire said he's out for at least the next couple of weeks. So, we know how brave Dean Hadley is. And, he, you know, dislocated shoulder, it's not the first time he suffered that injury. So, I probably expect to see him playing um, very shortly because he's a he's a brave kid. Albert Vette, frustratingly, he's got a groin injury. That's keeping him out of the game on Friday. Frankie Holton, um, his injury isn't as bad as first feared, uh, but he's expected to be out until early August. Matty Stoughton, uh, dislocated toe. We're waiting for the inflammation around it. Um, that's basically why he's being kept out. He's a huge player. Of course, we're going to miss him. Hopefully, he'll be back for the Wigan game. Uh, Kane Lynette, he's back in training now, um, although he's expected to be a few weeks away. Um, Brad Sakurangi and Jordan Abdul are back out on the training pitch, um, although they're not in full training yet and they haven't been ruled out featuring again this season, although it's probably very unlikely. Um, club have yet to provide an update on Tom Garrett. Um, he was spotted at Craven Park on Sunday, um, so it was great to see him there. Um who knows what the update with Tom Garrett is? Hopefully, we do get to see him in a in a rover shirt this season. But you'd imagine the longer he isn't featuring in the match day squad uh, in the twenty one man squad, the the less likely it is that he's going to be playing this season. Some more club news: uh, the Toulouse game is uh, being moved from the Sunday to Thursday. The is it fourth of August uh, for Sky Sports? That's going to be an eight pm kickoff. Um, Obviously, uh, Sky expect us to probably get beat by Toulouse. Uh, that's why they're putting us on. Um, and, of course, uh, a bit of other club news. Lewis Senior, uh, of course, signed a two-year contract with the Robins for next season. The club bought him in on an immediate loan deal. Um, he's not featured for the Robins this season. Um, and he won't again now until next season. Um, didn't quite pan out, did it, Carl? No, it's a, it's a bit of a funny funny one, that one, really, because you sort of expect him to get some game time with it being a emergency loan. So, yeah, I, I, I believe Magsy said in his in his press conference that he, he wanted him here to get used to the surroundings and how different clubs work and all this type of thing. But ultimately, you know, he's paid, he's paid to play, isn't he? That's, you know, that's what he's there for. That's his job. But obviously, that they know better. And obviously, he's gone back to Huddersfield until next year. So... Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a strange one, but it, the only the only reason I can think it's happened is, like I say, a bit of an integrating situation uh, because not much else rings true and what, why they would do it otherwise. Yeah, uh, Graham, um, yeah, interesting one. I think he only had three training sessions with Rovers um, and reading between the lines after him from Danny Maguire, I think Lewis Senior expected to come in and be, and be playing. Whereas I think Maguire had different thoughts. Obviously, Willie Peters is is in and around, well, he's not in and around the camp, but he's on the phone to Danny Maguire every day, apparently speaking to him. And I think he pushed forward that move. But um, in hindsight, again, it's probably a move that didn't need to happen in the first place. Yeah, I think it was it was there for an emergency cover for us. Um, we've you know we've got a lot of outside backs I think that could do the jobs we've, we've mentioned the crooks the the, the of this world Ethan Ryan's Ryan Halls etc um th there's plenty of players out there so I don't think it was a shoe in that he would get a game um you know the the, the transition bit it's almost like going from high uh, primary school to high school you've got that transition week of getting to know your new surroundings and I get all that but you know a gym's a gym surely and a, a pitch is a pitch and 
how much can you learn that you're going to return now that's going to be you know going to be absolutely invaluable when you come back in November time for for pre-season training I'm not yeah I'm not quite sure that, that that's uh, a good enough reason to get him over now if they're not going to use him on the playing side of things yeah and it, um, I mean the good news is he is coming back he's an exciting prospect yeah, yeah athletic, absolutely yeah. fast you know he's definitely um, a player who's got potential so you know I'm sure um, many Rovers fans will be looking forward to seeing him next season Dan the uh, the transfer deadlines this Friday um, after that Rovers can't make any more signings here are you happy with what we've got at the moment with the with the players who are injured coming back, etc.? Um, yeah, I think to be honest, in his post-match interview, Maguire said he's not not going to entertain looking into the loan market. He's just going to promote from within. Um, I still think we could have looked looked for another forward just to give us that, even if it was just a short-term four-week loan, just to. Just to give us a chance to get players such as Vete and Stoughton back out on the pitch. Uh, but I think I trust Maguire, he's the, we keep saying he's the one that sees him at training every day, isn't he? He's the one that sees what who he thinks can slot in, who thinks he's got the the experience to to slot in in them positions. And if he don't want to make a signing, we've got to trust his judgment, haven't we? Yeah. And I wonder if um, the emergence of Fishwick and then obviously. How well Moore's been doing in the reserves, and you know, by all counts, we're expecting to see him on Friday night. I wonder if the emergence of them has, has maybe just stopped him, stopped him pre- uh, pressing the panic button and bringing another forward in, thinking he's got these to rely on. And I suppose there's something to be said in that, Dan. You know, as a club, we talk, we're talking about promoting our youngsters, aren't we? And and creating a, a team that's that's based with based on um, homegrown talent. I suppose at some point you've got to start playing them. Yeah, when you look at and a completely different beast to us, but Saints, if they get an injury, one of their um, one of their main lads gets injured, uh, this academy lad really just to pop straight in there, and yeah. don't, they don't look out of place. Or pop straight yeah. into our other side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's that's what we need. They've got they've got that conveyor belt of, of players. That's what we need to be aiming for. It's not going to happen overnight, but that's what we need to be aiming for. Look, three, four years on the line, maybe five. If we do get injuries, don't worry. We've got a Zach Fishwick just to to put in there, and he's not going to be out of place, and it's good experience from. Yeah. So yeah, that brings us to the end of another busy Red Rowing podcast weekly. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel and newsletter. And as ever, a huge thank you to Carl, Dan, and Graham for showing their sharing their views and opinions on Hulkington Rovers. The Robins are once again up against it, but as last season proved, never bet against the Robins getting a victory at Warrington when you least expect it. Live, love, laugh and be happy. (laughs) 